missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, goal! Seconds from Milan. I would you believe it? Paolo Maldini, the skipper, has scored it. Aguero. I swear you'll never see anything Here we go. Um, right, guys, the uh, Footy Fan Podcast. Andrew, Santo, and Joe. What's up? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, um, go. Yeah, open that up there. Yeah. Because um, I was watching Goal Rush, and I actually learned about it for the first time on Saturday uh, on Dazzin, where you can have DAZN. all the games going. DAZN. On DAZN. DAZN. Yeah, <laughs> DAZN. Um, where you can actually go to the like goal rush and I'll have the game playing and then they have all the other scores at the bottom. Oh yeah. And then you can like see all the other scores happening. And then they'll have a little ticker come up saying a goal happened. So you got like a glimpse of all the highlights of every game. Um, the one thing was it was delayed. So when, like Alonso was lining up for his free kick, the little ticker came up saying Alonso scored uh, while I was watching the game before he actually scored the free kick. So I knew he scored that free kick. Oh, that's kind of annoying though. Yeah. But I mean, if you're watching goal rush, you're probably not watching it to watch like the full game. Yeah. Maybe you're watching it to see when each goal is scored. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't even learn about that. So I got a glimpse of each thing. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, I saw the Everton mistake with, uh, Keen? uh yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Bad. I mean, so bad. It was so sloppy. What happened? He just, uh, yeah, he had the ball like at the top of the 18 and tried to like, make four different decisions it seemed like <laughs> yeah. you know what to do with the ball his own 18 yeah his own 18 he oh. just gave it up he like had a, his other defensive partner there that he could have easily just passed it to yeah and okay. he like tried to kick it up the field or something i don't know he screwed up pretty bad yeah he was like looking and down the line and right and scored. yeah <laughs> to go down one nothing in the first like what 10 15 minutes or something like that yeah super Whatever early and uh it was a good finish uh like probably didn't need to finish it that well um so put it like top, <laughs> top corner uh on a breakaway but uh yeah that was i mean first game of the season um still probably not an excuse but no uh what do you oh he's do? an experienced player like he's played at every level Keith. yeah so like he should know better that's it's like it's, it's like if i was playing defense <laughs> i would get the ball in the back of my 18 i'd be so freaking scared what to yeah. do i'd just probably give the ball up and they would score yeah it's just one of those things right um, that goal rushing that you saw, it was that's the same thing as NFL Red Zone for football. Okay. It's so sick. It's like another subscription you can get, but it's like whenever a team has the ball inside 20 yards yeah. like to the end zone, they just jump to that game. It's like live. live okay. So they say, oh, the Lions are at the 10-yard line. They'll jump to that game. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, Green Bay Packers are first and 15 or something. They'll jump to that game so that you see yeah. every single scoring play. Yeah. It's kind of the same vibe for soccer. That's pretty sweet because there's like – six games on at a time or something yeah especially opening opening weekend yeah and, always something going on and with all the goals that were happening like there was a point when like that ticker was just going off it's like this this team scored this team scored it was just like so well, there was 
I forget how many goals there were this weekend, but like it was a bunch. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> well, and six, was six, five. What seven today? Five from the one game with United <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, ridiculous. So it was good, but I mean, it. I. It's it's tough to know or get like a full sense of how a team is if you're only seeing like the big moments in each game. Right. You're not getting a sense of their like fluid play throughout the game. You know, mm-hmm. and like even like Rodri comes to mind, like he obviously he's not involved in like a lot of like major city chances as much as like De Bruyne would be or Sterling. So if the only sense you get of watching city is goal rush, you're probably not going to see what a lot of other players do. No, as much as you would. It's definitely meant for like the higher light real generation. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd go watch a 20 minute highlight pack of another game. Like I don't Yeah. Care. Yeah. Like I watch it. I was like, it was like a 12 minute highlight pack from the zone on like West Ham and Newcastle. Yeah, I could care less. To be yeah. honest, yeah. it was a good game. They finished four two new four two West Ham. Yeah, but like it was twelve minutes long, and they showed like every little scoring chance. They showed every like hard tackle or like every yellow card. Yeah, so you kind of like more feel than just like a two minute. Yeah, highlight reel. Okay, here's a goal, goal, goal. Yeah, yellow card. Yeah, and you miss like the actual like essence of the game. You miss like if there's any animosity in the game or something. Yeah, which I mean for the casual fan, it's kind of quick to get your highlights out of it. Yeah. But like for us, like we love we love the game. Yeah, yeah. You want to see everything. Yeah, yeah, you just like the solid play that's going on, right? Um, and yeah, I gotta give a shout out to the zone for the highlights because they're that's awesome. The best highlight things I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. West um, Ham gonna make Champions League. Who? West Ham. West Ham Champions League. <laughs> what? <laughs> Feel like they're talking. They've been talking about it for the last what two years now. They're like maybe Europa. <sighs> I don't know what what Chelsea City. Manu Liverpool, but you know who was talking about it? Steve Nichol yeah. on ESPN. Like, who knows uh, Van Dyke and Gomez? Because you know they struggled last year yeah. when they were out. Oh yeah. You know if they're not well, Van Dyke's back now. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, like, <laughs> how, 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 how back? Dyke, how, how back is he? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like if like he's like their breadwinner, right? He's their captain of their team. Yeah. Or Henderson's usually captain, but. I feel like a player like him, like you wouldn't risk him coming back just for the first game of the season. Yeah. Like obviously he's probably itching to get back. He's been gone for you know, four or five months, whatever it is. Yeah. So like obviously Andy missed obviously all, all Euro, which sucks. Yeah. But um, no, he's definitely itching to get back. But I feel like from their standpoint, they're not going to like rush him back. Yeah. Yeah. Because like his injury was like, was torn Achilles or something like that? Or is that what it was? Or I kind of forget ACL, like knee injury. Honestly, uh, it was so I, long, I, but I kind no of forget. Idea. Yeah, actually, I actually didn't even look into I it. I think because it was when he got injured against um, Everton. Yeah, was it that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was. Well, what was it? Calf? It might. Was his lower leg? It was bad. Yeah, I just, I just knew he was injured, so I was like, well, that really sucks for Liverpool. Yeah. Then, like, like, evidently, it really sucked. Yeah, it really sucked. For oh them. my god, it's just downhill from there. They right? barely got in this year because like. Oh, I know. Um, if, if they didn't have that resurgence last year, like the last, I don't know, six, seven weeks. No they chance. probably wouldn't even maybe like Europa League. Man. Yeah, they were like probably going to finish sixth or seventh. Yeah. Well, honestly, I would. It might be a case like same thing with Arsenal. I would probably rather not make Europa League than you know what I mean. Why not have European football? Like you know, better chance. I think you have a better chance of making Champions League if you're like an Arsenal and you're not in Europa League. If that makes sense, and you'd rather uh, be in Champions yeah. League than be in like another competition. That's just my take. Well, just because you think it's like not as prestigious. Like, well, if you think if you're Arsenal, like you're being judged, like, oh, are they going to make the top four? And I think the Europa League is more of a distraction unless they think they can win it. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah but if they finish seventh, that's freaking terrible. That is, <laughs> like, that is, if they that don't is even terrible. make, but they, yeah, if but they try and good. push for top four, they don't even make top five. I know, but they have a better chance at top four without European football, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, I hear you saying that. Like yeah. during the actual season, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, but honestly, the way, like I said, I don't think it's, they're going to do it anyway. I don't think it's so. going to be yeah, regardless of whether they have regardless of whether not, they're like... Europa League or not, they're probably not going to qualify for Champions League anyway. I'm not going to say I'm I'm pissed by that because like <laughs> it's Arsenal. But... Yeah, like I I don't see them finishing above any of the like the big top four, like let alone like any other of the teams that are really stepping up, like like if Tottenham. You know, I based on even today, I think Tottenham might still struggle to finish top four. Um, especially with Kane leaving. Wait, and Tottenham? Tottenham. I, kinda, I don't think so. I, I kind of thought think so? No. four or five for Tottenham, to be honest. You said Liverpool would be that last fourth spot for you. You said it earlier. I don't... But I think Tottenham could actually Van get Dyke there. If Van Dyke and Gomez like, aren't... Like, in the first five games, if I see that they're struggling, I don't think they will. Hmm. They, they basically have nothing if they don't have their solid defense, I would say. They do build so, from the back a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Like Chelsea, I think is, and City, I think obviously are both going to finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. With Man U, I think with you know they signed uh, they signed uh, Jaden or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, Jane Sancho. <laughs> uh, and I think that they're going to finish top four as well. And honestly, between Liverpool and Tottenham. If uh, if Van Dyke is healthy, you know I think they and as long as like uh, Alexander Arnold and Salah and uh, Salah hmm. or uh, what's Mane? His name? Mane, yeah, Mane. <laughs> yeah. As long as they all play well, I think they'll do. Uh, they'll finish top four. So mm-hmm. if I I really see Tottenham struggling without Kane in the long run because they're gonna have you know they're gonna have other competition they got to play in. Yeah, and I don't think they have a deep enough bench to actually perform long term. Well, like in the game today, you saw like how, like the first uh, the first half and like almost the final third of of Tottenham's like pressure on City was like really good. Yeah, like, they defended pretty well. City's gonna be City, right? They're gonna they're gonna score or they're gonna create chances against anybody. Yeah, depends like who they play. They can play the top team in Spain, top team in Germany, whatever. Yeah, they're gonna create chances, but Tottenham actually held them off pretty well, but. They were missing like that, like X factor up top. It, it was pretty prevalent. Yeah, but I was gonna text you guys like right when like Son scored. I was like, they need like some magic to happen. Like they need. Yeah. Like I could see Tottenham scoring that game. Like it was tight, obviously. Yeah. I could see them scoring, but it had to be like a sense of brilliance to like. Yeah. Score. Like I didn't see them scoring like a ticky tack or something, or like. Yeah. Or even like on a header, like they don't have like the biggest of teams. Like City's like huge. Yeah. So like they had to score some like wicked goal. So when Son put yeah. it in, I was like, Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah. Well, like, well that that's sick. true. To yeah. be honest, well, so to go back, my top four is probably City, Chelsea. Well, I think Chelsea's gonna win. Woo. City, Man like U, and Tottenham just because what Nuno did with Wolves. Mm-hmm. He has a way better team with Tottenham. Yeah. And I don't see. You know, even if they don't have an X Factor striker, like you know, Son, like no disrespect to uh, Wolf striker, their number nine, uh, Jimenez. Yeah, like yeah. he crushed it for them. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure Nuno can get the same thing out of Son. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
different kind yeah. of player though, because like Jimenez is like like a Harry Kane's. It's not Harry Kane, but he's like a Harry Kane style player. Yeah. Or Son's just like. He's like a rover player. He's just yeah. like he just cover the entire field. So they are different, in attack that way. Yeah. Um, like obviously, if you add a Harry Kane to your squad, you're going to be sick. Like you're going to be yeah. like ten times better. Him holding out this long with Tottenham though, like I don't know, like what's he waiting for? Like, <laughs> Who knows, man? He's, I think he's healthy. He's not hurt. If, no, he's yeah. probably just deciding where he wants to go. Like, come on, man. Like we're waiting on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows what goes on in the back room, but you know, back to, back to what you were saying. I just want to touch on it with the Spurs. Like it's, it's very true. Like you're not going to be able to have a moment of brilliance every game no. and rely on a few people to score. That's the thing with the city and you know, where Chelsea's getting to where you can have a few players having a bad game. You're going to find a goal from someone else. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to create enough chances, you know, every game, so you have the opportunity to score and i think tottenham are going to struggle with that you know yeah they, no, i totally agree they that uh ten tendonga guy yeah he was really good so i think in the back they're going to be pretty solid uh i think they're just going to struggle like scoring goals with okane or even creating chances i think it might just be a more of that unless like joe said uh how, how what's his full name what's the guy's full name nuno espiro santo that right? guy yeah. yeah, if he can like transform things for them going you know forward. For short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting for sure. Mm-hmm. They didn't really do much either in the transfer market, like to buy players. Tottenham. Well <laughs> they didn't, but I mean it's tough to say anyone did anything in the transfer market with the transfer market PSG had this year. Oh my <laughs> like, god. Why doesn't everyone have a transfer? <laughs> it was like <laughs> Jack Grealish was like overshadowed by this whole yeah, thing. He really yeah. was. I mean it wasn't, you know, obviously a big signing, but like, you know. Oh, it's huge. Not as big as Messi. <laughs> like $100 million, yeah. $100 million dollar, but then, like, Messi for free to PSG is, like, Messi, wait a I mean, like, that's the oh, thing with that. Like, uh, I was talking to my dad earlier. The whole financial fair play thing completely goes up the window when, like, City puts in a bid for Grealish for $100 million, Yeah. And they're talking Kane could be, like, 120 or something or 140 It's like, yeah. where's the financial fair play in that? They're spending $240 million or pounds on yeah. two players. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And, like, normally, you do see PSG or Real Madrid doing that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. And it drives me absolutely insane. Yeah. But this is the only season where, like, I actually can't be mad at PSG. You have to be mad at, like, the host the host clubs of those players that left. Yeah. yeah. Look what you this just lost. How, how all you, your players. Yeah. How is it, like, arguably the best player in the world leave your team for free? And, I mean, I mean yeah. Barca was in a rough, rough spot with their yeah. whole financial situation, obviously. And, like, he said he was taking, like, half pay cut. PK came out the other day and said he's going to take, like... Yeah, um, three quarters of a pay cut of like what he normally mm-hmm. makes, just so that he can afford to keep him. Yeah. So obviously, Barcelona is looked at as like a coveted club for like yeah. tons of reasons. But I'd say in the last decade or so, they're like one of the worst run clubs. Well, <laughs> in, that's like all of Europe. Because I heard <laughs> yeah. who is it? Aguero. Um, you just went there, yeah. Yeah, and I think three other players, the new signings, they're actually not registered yet with La Liga because they can't fit them in their wage bill. Oh. That's what I heard. So there's so, like in limbo. But I'm how back. how do you get Imagine in that, that? situation? Like how do you get in that situation? I I'm think... super confused. Like, don't you have a I don't know a Excel spreadsheet of, like your <laughs> wage bill? Yeah, you would um, yeah. account never heard this and, and be pumped with Jill. This <laughs> kid in Canada. But no, it's true. Well, if you, if you're oh, we're gonna spend X amount on Aguero and we're gonna pay this much, but we know Messi's whatever it is. 
Yeah, because I, uh, I know yeah. they asked a bunch of players to take wage cuts, but you know maybe that was they thought more people would. Because I heard, you yeah. know, who's MTT or who's yeah, yeah, the defender. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't take one, so I don't know if they were just banking on players taking wage cuts or what it was. But that's like kind of a yeah, like made a rough signings. situation. A made a ton of signings. Yeah, you, put a lot you of lost Messi, but players. you can't afford it. it. Just seems like a lot of yeah. Like I said, they were just they've just been really poorly run and managed. Yeah. I think the last decade. I mean, yeah. and it's no no one's fault but their own. Like, yeah. oh, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, that's like you. It just it goes to show, like even if you have all, all the money in the world, or you appear to have all the money in the world, you can buy whoever you want. Yeah, it's still gonna backfire on somehow. Yeah, like look at Real Madrid; they haven't won the league in a couple of years, so it's like yeah. they have all this money, all these players, and they still can't win the league. Same with yeah. Barca. What did they just win last year? Who won last no, year? Uh, Atletico. Atletico. Did Atletico? Sure I'm not really brush up my La Liga, but I just no, know like they haven't had like the dominance, even going back to like Champions League. It's been a few years since they've been in Champions League final. Yeah. And like we always expect them to be there, or at least Barca or or uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, they're expected to be there. They're expected to win by, you know, X amount of points every season. But like, it's getting more balanced in La Liga because I think these guys are just screwing up the books. Yeah, and it just goes to show. Like I was talking, I was talking to a friend a while ago, and he uh, we were talking about how it doesn't matter if you have the best players in the world. It's all about how they play together and team chemistry. Yeah. And like what manager you have to, to deal with the players. Cause a lot of times when you have those high profile players, the manager doesn't have to be the best tactical manager. He has to be able to control your ego and control like the player's mentality yeah. in the locker room. Yeah. And like know when to speak up, know when to, you know, discipline a player, know when to encourage a player that's like younger or whatever, yeah. some mentoring stuff with older players, all that kind of stuff that's the kind of manager you need for some of these clubs. And like, I don't know if Zidane was that with, yeah with Madrid. I don't know, but yeah. it just goes to show like, if you have all the money, you buy Ronaldo, buy Messi, buy Iguain, buy, you know, Dybala, whoever Ronaldo. Yeah. It doesn't mean shit. Yeah. If you can't keep them together and yeah. like actually yeah. know how to play as a team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's, that's why it's going to be interesting to see how PSG does. Cause you know, evidently on paper, they got, Oh, stacked. Stacked team. I mean, I do, I do still think if I were to match them, match them up against city, I would still take city over them just because of, you know, pep. Yeah. Pepsi X factor and how uh, he would manage his team and, you know, manage the whole game. Um, Well, (laughs) I mean, Putch, what didn't he beat uh, Guardiola in champions league? With right? Tottenham. With Tottenham. I mean, you know, so it could be. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I go. would. That's fine. I don't know if I would take City. Looking at the, looking I mean, at the I PSG seen... signings of this year. Five free signings. Messi, Sergio Ramos, Donnarumma, which is like just insane that he signed for free. Yeah. Ronaldum yeah. and uh, Hakimi from Inter. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all paying a shit ton of wages. <laughs> Those like, shirts. <laughs> but they're 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 paying like i don't know i don't know everyone's wages but i think messi's between like 30 and 40 million a season yeah just for like his salary yeah so obviously they're still paying a ton but i mean they're not paying the 200 million transfer fee that he'd be garnering Don Ruma could have easily been like eighty mil. If Keppel was sixty five mil for Chelsea, I think Don Ruma is Don Ruma is six billion. Don Ruma would have been Don Ruma's a lot more. Um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I I hope. Uh, you know, in some as in some running uh, Champions League, we get to see PSG play 
uh, either Chelsea or City. I think that would be a really good matchup. Mm-hmm. I'd be um, scared if it was Chelsea. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> I'd be scared if it gets messy too. <laughs> Just crazy. Yeah, we'll see. I hope. I hope they like, especially if you're a PSG fan. I think it's gonna be really good to see if they actually turn into a team with that kind of cohesiveness. Because obviously, like you said, when you run the risk of making all these massive signings. You got all these guys on this team, and you know it doesn't even feel like you know they're an actual team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well, let's see how they play together first game. See how it works. They're gonna stomp somebody like eight nothing. I swear to God, like yeah, we're gonna come out the first game eight nil, <laughs> like just yeah, not even trying. That's gonna be a, a telltale sign. Well, didn't who won League One last year? Uh, Lil Lil Lil, yeah, interesting. Jonathan David. Jonathan David? Yeah, Canadian. Striker. Yeah. Killed go. it for them. Got, I think he was like top five scorer or something. Yeah. Had like 20-something goals. Nice. The Canadian content's picking up, man. Yeah. Like, the Alfonso <laughs> Davies era is here. <laughs> it's here, here to stay. <laughs> yeah, we are still, what, the worst first world country at soccer? Like, Yeah, I checked the stats. Uh, the FIFA World Ranking the other day, I think we're still like 60 fit. No, 59th, I think, or something. Yeah. But then I was like looking at the history of it, and like our top ranking ever is like fortieth. Yeah. And I was in like the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still shocked that there's not like that much good talent coming out of Canada. I know. Yeah, there is. One, we just don't. I just don't anyone. understand. I, mean, I don't know there, what it is. There are some people that are bouncing around here and there, but like they're not like huge name players, right? Like we have Davies and and David. Those mm-hmm. are our two guys. Yeah. Like Jonathan Osorio plays for TFC. He's been there for like forever it seems well like. i'm still because the mls is actually really good now yeah so i'm confused how you can't find like 25 good mls canadian players and get a squad together yeah that can qualify for the you know world cup consistently yeah it's weird well, you know you know 20 years ago maybe yeah know, 20 years ago no way no way but i don't understand the mls is extremely competitive and we have the cpl too i know the canadian premier league same kind of thing a lot of that is homegrown talent very strange which is nice like they're probably promoting like some like grassroots uh grassroots uh what's it called teams and everything and like they're they're, like going to like small towns and small cities and they're getting sponsored by like the clubs and all that we kind of had that here with the tfc academy like the windsor tfc um but I mean, that's a good, it's a start. I wish we had that back then when we were playing, like, yeah. 12, 13 years old. That would have been kind of sick. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's all over crazy. Canada on the CPL. Like, they have teams in on the East Coast, West Coast, all through the prairies and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to Ottawa this week, I might try and go to the Ottawa. I forget their team name, actually, but there's an Ottawa team, and they're playing when I'm going up there. So. Oh, nice. I might try and check that game out. Yeah. Um, no, it's good to see, finally. We actually have, like, Something, something for players to strive to like not yeah. just like okay i got a university scholarship which is great congratulations university college whatever yeah but then you're just done yeah like there was nothing to really go further unless you did go to europe yeah or you know you got one in a million shot going to mls yeah so there's different avenues to go down now yeah those are really our only hopes yeah well because i'm assuming the cpl doesn't have a draft i don't think it? so not yet okay. they're not big I, think I don't think the mls has one they do they? yeah I'm wondering. They I don't, do, but I've never still... watched it. Is it 
like college players a lot of mainly it. yeah so that's that's kind of thing no other country does a college draft for so, you know <laughs> no, can you imagine that <laughs> like if so, anything they do a high school so maybe that's where yeah. <laughs> yeah. not, not even high school the kid's like yeah. eight years old yeah. Yeah. yeah you're 14 uh we're gonna we're gonna buy you and we're gonna own you till you yeah 16, until you die you. <laughs> <laughs> you get them early man like barca's u8 team is way way Better beyond anything well you have you seen here. that video those youtube videos or facebook videos whatever of that super young kid i forget his name oh, i've got seen long hair i've seen it tons of different ones uh, over the years there's always like he kids. does gymnastics too i think i don't and know he's in like the barca academy i think so but oh, that's right. what i mean i forget it doesn't really matter but you know they he's they said oh he signed with barca or liverpool or whatever it is like that's the difference you find this kid with talent at seven years old yeah you know we're gonna put him in our academy or the MLS, it's like, oh, they're good in college. Yeah, <laughs> let's draft them now. Whatever yeah. it is, no, it's way different. And like, yeah. and like, it's cool too because like at that young age, you can kind of, it's weird, but you can like keep them in the system and like you can like <laughs> yeah. help them grow the like yeah. with the team and like you build a culture around the kid. Like that's the thing that they talk about too a lot of the times in other sports, like hockey culture or like basketball culture, football culture, yeah. and like North American sports. It's like basically how you act in the locker room mm-hmm. and yeah. like how just like your mentality is. If you're pulling, if you're pulling a kid from, you know, from England, getting a guy from Italy, getting a guy from the states, and they put them all together, you might get lucky if they gel properly. Yeah. But if you're doing like what like Barca has done forever with their youth academy, yeah. and like United has done, and like Chelsea's kind of getting better at doing, if you can keep these homegrown kids like together since they're like 12 years old, yeah, like Mason Mount, Chalaba, Pulisic, they were all like uh youth academy players that they just grew yeah. up together reese james got in there too with the full squad now for chelsea yeah so like that's sick yeah if you can do that because then you have the whole culture of chelsea like in the back of their mind like yeah and you, they strive to be just like the greats of the team yeah Barca's famous for that yeah like it's i love to see it i mean it's it's obviously really hard because then you put players on a loan yeah. and they could just like disappear sometimes yeah yeah no, but it's it's. It, I love it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the golden era for Man U when you look at their that one U squad they had where it had everyone. You know, had Beckham. Scholes, oh yeah, nineties there. Uh, yeah, like they all of them just came up in the system, played together, went to the first team and played for forever and just won everything, and would probably go down as the best team in Manchester's history. Plus. Signing Ronaldo helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you had, that you, had this, you had this whole, you had all these guys come through the system, sign awesome team, and then you have you know Strax Ferguson, which legend, uh, yeah, legendary coach, and you sign Ronaldo. So it was just like a perfect recipe to be one of the best teams ever. I like when he came into the league. It was such like the ideal pin perfect time for a player like him. Yeah, <laughs> like that was like really, like that's like during like the the break of like youtube like that's how long yeah. it was yeah like the youtube era was like just starting yeah. and it's just like every new day that you go on youtube or something it's like ronaldo video ronaldo, ronaldo video ronaldo yeah. highlight ronaldo compilation it's like he just blew up from the start yeah. like, i didn't really know who he was when he signed with, with united yeah and then i just yeah. saw like he was playing for uh, um was it lisbon sporting lisbon yeah, yeah. he's just actually going in and is like looking at his highlights from that and i'm just like who the hell is this guy yeah, yeah. Cause like we never saw players like that. Like when we were first like starting yeah. to get into soccer. Yeah, no, yeah. It, was, it was all just like your four four two. Yeah, like <laughs> just your like super standard structured <laughs> yeah. like, thing. You never saw anything like that. And like even back in the day too, like in the early two thousands, it was tough for us to even like watch these players because like we didn't have like 
satellite or like cable yeah. TV that like broadcasts like um like Ronaldo playing for like Inter or like Real Madrid. Yeah. Like way before like Cristiano Ronaldo, like the Brazilian Ronaldo yeah. or like Ronaldinho. It's like we've seen this guy a couple times a year because it's like barely get any coverage. Mm-hmm. But then again, like when he Ronaldo came in for United, it was like again like the peak like social mm-hmm. media was kind of beginning to start a little bit like Facebook mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then it was just like YouTube, Twitter, uh, cable deals, like streaming, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo. It was like the perfect storm of him coming in, and it just blew up to what it is now. Same with Messi too, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show too, like you could be as good as a team as United have been, like since the '90s. Like they were just unstoppable in the Premier League, right? Yeah. And then as soon as they get Ronaldo, it just puts them over the edge to just like you can't beat <laughs> all these the guys. glory. You can't beat these guys. All the glory. And and that's why I liked where Sir Alex Ferguson just had those standards. Like he would lose a game early in the season, and I just remember him saying, "Like yeah, we lost one, can't lose another one." And I'm sure, like obviously, <laughs> can't like, let it happen again. Yeah. Coaches coaches will say that now, but I feel like he was one of those managers where it's like it it got him on an, like on another level, right? And he just like makes sure and does like whatever it is that he does. And just gets it where they go a whole season with one loss, two ties, and thirty-five wins. Yeah, it's gross. And then they win the Premier League, and then they win Champions League. <laughs> that was like his right? standard. Yeah, like that's what you yeah. expected. <laughs> yeah, like his, he just wanted to go unbeaten every season. Do you think like a manager like that? Obviously, he expects greatness from you, and he expects perfection almost. But like, do you think that would hurt players at times too? Like, I think it would hurt players maybe? that wouldn't like i don't want to say it would hurt the players that wouldn't mesh well with the rest of the team i think he obviously with him i think because he was there for so long he had so much respect for for everyone and everyone was bought in so it kind of forced people to buy into the culture and if it got to some players and it like hurt them then they probably just weren't a good fit for the Mm -hmm. culture versus you know being something necessarily against how sir Alex ferguson runs team if that makes sense i just feel like too like it depends like what kind of like what you're saying it depends on the player's mentality like a young kid that's like i don't know 20 years old who's like the best kid in his like town wherever he's coming from yeah goes to united and expects to like be a big shot and then you have sir alex ferguson saying like okay you're not playing until i see that you're ready to play yeah and he gets on the bench like three years yeah that would that would piss me off so much that would stunt my growth i feel like as a player you know well, I mean, for especially with that kind of culture, with his expectations, maybe that's what's necessary. And he's like, you know, you have to prove yeah. to like the club that. that you're. I get that. Yeah. That you have to play. You know what I mean? And if that gets to you, then you might might not be a good fit. Might not say anything about who you are as a player, but like might just not be a good fit for me and you. What a hard team to break into. And like the, that's what a hard team to break into. Yeah. Like it's in like the two thousands, yeah. like that, or like late nineties. Mm-hmm. But uh, you had to be, be so good. <laughs> to be fair to coaches, now it was there was a lot less competitive back then. Yeah, when they had their golden era. Like there was, you know, you had your top teams, and um, everyone else uh, wasn't quite at the level that they needed to be at. And now you have like the rise of the mid table, where you have all these other teams stepping up, and you know, it's, yeah. Less, it was, before it was always Man U, Man Arsenal, Arsenal, Chelsea, Chelsea Liverpool. Yeah. Consistently, now it's you know. Leicester, Tottenham, City, West Ham, you know, yeah. Wolves too, you know. So you have what nine, 
10 like solid teams yeah mm-hmm. yeah know? about that yeah it's pretty split like 10 10 usually <laughs> like yeah like the separation between like eighth and like 12th is so pretty drastic yeah like yeah. the points might not show up but like you know from like watching the games like yeah yeah maybe the eighth place team might have had like a, just a bad run or something in a few weeks or a few months yeah but like, you know like like i think arsenal finished like seventh last year or something yeah or yeah something like seventh that. or eighth pretty, i can't yeah, remember pretty pretty down there but it's like as much as i hate to say like arsenal is better than that <laughs> like they should not be finishing eighth place yeah but um yeah it's quality like through and throughout of the league and i, I love it because it's like yeah. you can turn on any game and just watch an entertaining match like it doesn't matter who it is yeah like, if you put on like a game of like from la liga and it's like the two last place games it's like okay yeah or last like, place teams yeah yeah it's my finish like zero zero yeah. be, like, the most boring game of all time you yeah. put on uh burnley and newcastle and you got like a six five yeah. like thriller like <laughs> yeah it's super entertaining yeah and i do like i obviously because i watch the epl more than anything else and i do hear about all the things they do to try and make it more entertaining while still obviously protecting the integrity of the game yeah where this year they talked about how there's kind of that new leniency that refs are implementing i don't know if you guys know about that where they're allowing more physical contact than they previously would. I think I still have to look into like what the actual details of it are, but um, like if you look back to last season when you know you have players, you know, it'd be like a heavy shoulder to shoulder challenge or like some heavy contact and it would usually get called. Uh, I think they're gonna let more of that go now to let the game flow. Hmm. Um, so I think they were referencing the uh, I think the the Burnley game was it on Saturday? Yeah. Where it was like fairly entertaining. I think there were a few goals, but they said how like there were a lot of challenges where, um, you know, last year, you know, you'd get fouls, but this year it's like, no, like players just have to get up and get on with the game and it's letting the game flow more. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was, that was really uh, interesting. Well, that game against Brighton. Yeah. yeah. It's a game like that, Burnley and Brighton. Like, that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it, but it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, and uh, Burnley Burnley scored scored first, and I think I'm pretty sure they scored first, and then Brighton came back and won. Uh, yeah, scored in the second minute. Where is it? And yeah, I think it's just it's just allowing for more uh, free flowing play, and you know, kind of just making it a, a tougher game. Really, like obviously, if you have your regular fouls, you can't just go and check someone from behind. Yeah, you know? uh, but. Yeah, it was, it was a new thing uh, I heard them talking about, which I liked because no one likes a stop and start no. style game, right? Yeah, it just kills, like you said, it kills the entire flow of the game. And it's like, come yeah. on, man. And like, we've all done it. Yeah. Like, some more than others. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you go down for the foul and like, it, it's all circumstantial, like when you do it, right? Like, it depends, like, yeah. if it's necessary or not. Yeah. Um, but like, when it's happening, every single play, like Jack Relish, for example, like, he goes down. Like every time he's touched, like he was the most fouled player last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like literally like on on record, like probably in, of all time, like most yeah. fouled player. He just dove, yeah. ah, dove, fouled, fell, whatever. But like he invites a tackle, right? So like, yeah, he does. He puts himself in the situations to to draw the fouls. Yeah, but at the same time, there's a couple of times where it's like he just like he cut between a player and just fell. Yeah, and he gets the call, and it's like it's completely bullshit. Like if VAR actually wanted to make a stink about it, yeah. they could have gave him like way more yellow cards and. Yeah. They ever issued out for for uh, um, simulation? Yeah, for simulating a, a foul or whatever. 
I mean, I'm happy that obviously they let more go now, but yeah, I don't want it to be getting stupid out there. No, and that's I think that's what they want to stop. They want to stop those fouls where it's like you kind of have to give it because like there was contact and they went down and the guy went down and like it stopped the play. And I think that's what they want to get away from where it's like those kind of softer fouls where players will fall. But like it was only like minuscule contact or or even like maybe a little bit more contact, but it's just to stop all those like really small fouls. Mm -hmm. Like you want to get the things that are actually, you know, stopping a player actually worth it. And you're doing Mm -hmm. something that's not allowed in the game. Not like you're trying to like stick a tackle and like, maybe there's a little more contact. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see how that kind of, kind of progresses. Yeah. And the new stats, well, I saw this what is that on the Tottenham, got, I, Tottenham City game. Two, they have two. They have the one probability stat, and they got the uh, the uh, the other one. Um, uh, well, it had like uh, a bar, and it was uh, oh, I forget. To, uh, it was where they like analyze the uh, win percentage. They'll have oh, the yeah. win percentage that's, come that's up. What they were talking about. Yeah. So what was the other, what's the first one? Well, it's win probability and uh, oh, I gotta I forget the the last one, but the the win probability one does uh, is it, it you know is it dynamic throughout the game? What well, does like <laughs> there's one that I kept seeing that was like win yeah like win chance percentage or something like that like the percentage of winning the game. Yeah. It was, like, it was two different ones. Like, what is I that? It, I, I just saw it. I can't believe I forget what it is. But um, the, for one, the win probability one, like, I, I like it and I don't like it just because, uh, you know, it's like it's like analyzing the flow of the game, who's going to win. But it, it really doesn't mean a whole lot because, no. like, soccer can change in an instant. So it's like it's not like that percentage is going to change gradually. Like one, one moment of magic from a player just changes that on its head. So I get how they're showing it in the moment, but like really it takes average formation. Really? It's, 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 it's Oracle. So I think tracker. Oracle is the sponsor that does the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. It's like a, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, like a data delivering like technology kind of, yeah. Kind of business. And it says new insights include average formation, live win probability, and momentum, momentum tracker. Momentum tracker. That was the other one. What? How do you? That oh, is... momentum for the game. Yeah. Who like has? Like it could swing is... like live feed of like it's swinging left or right. Yeah. So like when uh, in the first twenty minutes or so of the Man City game, I had the momentum track come up and it had like City at I think like seventy something. Like they had most of the momentum and like were the most likely team to score. And like that, <laughs> so it's and then they and like that's ridiculous. Crazy. They're they're cool. I like they're cool to have up there. I just don't think like the fact that it's a number doesn't really mean a whole lot. Like City has the momentum, yes, but like it doesn't really matter what percentage of momentum they have. I guess I now saying that I guess it could, but like either you're on the front foot, but you're still exposed and you can get scored on, and all of a sudden it changes in a second. Right? It's not like Okay, we got to read this for a second here. Okay, so under the agreement, Oracle will develop machine learning models to generate immediate insights based on live data streams, real-time tracking data, and facts collected on each Premier League player from thousands of previous matches. Among the new match insights, Oracle will provide is average formation, 
which will track the positions of all players and within when their team is in and out of possession possession to highlight how each side is organizing itself when attacking and defending which is that's kind of cool yeah that's, yeah, that's that. pretty cool meanwhile the live win probability statistic will calculate the chance of a team securing a win or draw by simulating the remainder of the game 100,000 times. <laughs> what? <laughs> Finally, the momentum tracker will measure the likelihood of the team in possession scoring a goal in the next 10 seconds. This statistic will similarly be generated using data from thousands of historical games in the last five events in the current possession. We're getting way too caught up in analytics yeah. and data. Like crazy that doesn't really mean like you, well could you, you don't that watch game? you don't watch you don't want like a stat that's no. like 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 what like who in one sense it's like who really cares that based on the a thousand past games that the team is 70 has a seven percent chance of scoring the next 10 minutes like are they actually going to score in the 10 minutes or they're like either they're not or they, they like, will th- that's like <laughs> oh okay so I gotta I gotta talk about this. <laughs> how can you <laughs> how can you put a probability on who's gonna win a game in like the twentieth minute? Like I, I saw today on the Tottenham game. Tottenham, the Spurs go up. Was it the second half they scored? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I forget what minute second half. But that stat came on and it was like forty two percent chance of a win and like City had like a twelve percent chance. Yeah, and the rest was a draw. And the rest is a draw. How are you giving City like less than fifteen percent chance of winning a game? They could score two goals in five minutes. Yeah, like they're that good. Yeah, even a team that's like like a bum team, like I don't know, I don't want to be insulting any teams, but like a team like uh like Brighton. Brighton's like a bottom feeder team, or even like well, Brentford. Brentford. Okay, yeah, Brentford scored two but goals. But that's the thing. Arsenal. That's the interesting that's, thing no about. That and I was going to touch on this. Most teams that get promoted crush it. They do good. Crush in it. Their first season. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Brentford goes down one nothing against Spurs, but you know I don't know how much this takes to account like the grit of teams that just got promoted because they're playing like, with crush money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they don't care. So if they a team like lose, Brentford could easily, you know, hey, you know, we're promoted. Let's show these guys, you know, what we got. Yeah. yeah. What like Leeds last year crushed it. Yeah. You know. So often came back this year, got their first win this year know? too. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, good point, Joe. It's like. These these teams that get promoted, like I said, there's no fear in them because it's like mm-hmm. they're back in the Premier League or they're in the Premier League for the first time. Yeah. In however long, they yeah. have no fear. Yeah. Like they don't care if they win if they win a game one nil if they lose a game three nil, whatever they're going to put their heart and soul into the game. So yeah. Which wasn't the case really, you know, because it's saying oh a hundred game a hundred thousand times or how many pass games were they they you simulate know, at, they simulate whatever the, it is remainder of the game 100,000 times based on like whenever the probability probably swings. Right. On four years of match data. Four years of match data. Well, look at the game yesterday. The uh, the United game. They went up one nothing, and then at halftime, right, two minutes after half, it was 1-1. Yeah. And like, I wonder, I don't know what the stat said at that point, but it could have been like obviously like a 50-50 chance of like whoever's going to win this game. And then United scored like three well, goals that's what's in gonna, the next yeah. 10 minutes of the game. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like pilot piloting this. That's the word. And then they'll see, you know, how accurate are these win probabilities, yeah. you know? Like, I wonder if they uh, put this in FIFA or something as, like, a you know, like a test run. Yeah. Put it into FIFA and see curious. if it actually kicks off in that. You know, how often are those things correct? Because obviously they yeah. can't keep it. Like, oh, the win percentage is 42-12. It's, you know, every time we have this swing, you know, it's always, you yeah, know, well, they got to take the momentum into factor, too. 
you know <laughs> it's very very it's a lot of that i've never seen this in any of the sport yeah they do it in, in f1 actually they do like probability of an overtake so they do it like let's say they have like let's say lando norris is in like fourth place and verstappen's yeah. like coming behind him like let's say verstappen's like eight seconds away mm-hmm. yeah they can say like predicted overtime predicted overtake is like eight laps away and it'll be this percentage of difficulty of him yeah. overtaking him and they put that stat on all the time during the f1 races and like it's wrong like which is interesting because I, f1 I is it, super it happen, yeah. f1 is i all feel numbers, like a way right? more it's way more numbers and the environment's way more like i don't want to say control because obviously it's like a crazy sport yeah um but I feel like there's obviously way more variables in a soccer game than like an F1 track, yeah, which may sure. or may not be true depending on. Okay, I don't like know that much about F1. Fix, yeah, like you know, but at least you have two cars. You have a certain width. You have so much runway, and you have the speeds of the cars. You have the driver's historical data. You have some, I guess, framework to work in. Whereas this, it's like it's completely you know, different. You, know, you can do twenty-four. It's a team sport substitution. Right? It's a team sport. Yeah, yeah. You, you, take Bruyne, you take the Bruyne. You take out of the match. Yeah, or, or you he put gets the hurt in the match. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, you have like exactly. four good chances to score in the next fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> and and to give credit to F one, it is a cool thing that they're trying to do with that. It's like for because I think in, in Formula One with Drive to Survive coming out, mm. it obviously got more like average fans or more like people who weren't interested in the sport got them more involved. Yeah, so maybe they're trying to like. Well, ease it into seeing like okay this is like like he can overtake in eight laps like this is how he, he can do it this is how hard it'll be like it gives you more yeah. like, insight well because i feel like in f1 sometimes you see you'll be like oh this guy's behind ferrari and it's kind of good in that sense you know does this guy actually have a chance at overtaking them based on like the car or whatever it might mm-hmm. be you know because yeah. sometimes you'll see like williams not no disrespect to williams coming up against ferrari like do they have a chance of overtaking a ferrari yeah. you know yeah. with all their data you know yeah and the average fan might not they might not know know oh like why isn't he passing them it's like well if he knew it's like oh it's a william like a williams car it's not as well built as a mercedes or a ferrari or whatever so it's going to be a lot more difficult for an overtake then they would understand oh it's you know whatever yeah 12 24 percent whatever it might be and i said on the f1 stat they're wrong they don't get wrong every single time but it's just like they'll say six laps and like 30 percent chance of failure like they usually say like how easy it'll be that's what it is like it, difficulty yeah. like easier harder yeah and it'll actually take like eight laps and then he'll like be right behind the guy for like two full laps trying to pass him it's like <laughs> yeah it doesn't show you how hard the guy's gonna fight or yeah, you know, yeah. like even if the cards are stacked differently mm-hmm. the driver can like still use his mentality of like where to be on the on the racetrack to like yeah. block you to be faster in some certain zones be slower in zones to slow you down and everything so it doesn't go based on just strictly car performance yeah, mm-hmm. but I just think it's kind of funny because like they started yeah. putting it out last year, and I was like, "Car overtake probability." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's gonna pass him. He's not gonna pass him." Like, you know, <laughs> he's gonna pass him. He's not gonna pass. Like you him. say, you can track the numbers, like how fast he's going and like the yeah. distance in he is, whatever he is. Like that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, but I just thought it was funny. It's like it doesn't. It kind of takes the driver's skill out of it almost. It's like yeah, you can get right behind him, but this means he's gonna pass. Yeah, yeah. it's just I thought it was funny. Yeah, it is more like just stats that they want to throw in. There, there is one stat in the NHL, and I'm I don't know if they, I think they have it for, for soccer. I don't know if it's like big, but I don't know what it's called in the NHL, where the stat where it's not on like assists or goals, but it's how much possession or how many like good scoring opportunities your team has when the players on the ice. Oh, that's kind of like that's like war for um. 
Yeah, I don't totally get it either. But um, for baseball, it's called war. It's yeah, like, it's like wins above replacement. So okay. Basically, it's like whenever your player for baseball, I know more. I don't know a lot about it. But whenever your player is like playing in the game, it's like how many more wins you get when that player is active. Yeah. They have that in baseball. Like, okay. Maybe they have in yeah. hockey too. I don't know about hockey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. No, because it's it's one of those things like you know you have a player like like Conte for example. You know he's not going to get a lot of assists. Maybe he's not going to get a lot of goals. But there is a massive difference in your team when he's on the field and when he's not on the field. Um. So I do want to see you know how that comes up in in the epl and where that's at so when war, war meshes the players i feel like it. this would actually be a useful stat especially in soccer mm-hmm. yeah. because like you said conte is super key yeah. in a team but he goes unnoticed by most people who wouldn't you know understand soccer that much yeah you know a new player of soccer it's like oh you know i never see this conte guy score but everyone keeps talking about him so definition war measures a player's value in all facets of the game by deciphering how many more wins he's worth than a replacement level player at his same position. Example, minor league placement or readily available fill-in free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty cool for, yeah. for soccer, for EPL, or for any other league yeah. that want to adapt it. Yeah, that's that'd be super interesting because it'll give – all the CDMs, <laughs> all the all, CDMs, all the glory they all deserve. All the all yeah. the CDMs, the glory they deserve. See, if they. I'm trying to look up see if they have anything kind of like that in the Premier League. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that that set's really useful because it it actually lets you see how useful all your players are, regardless of how many actually good scoring chances they you get. Because you know, there's a lot of things that go into creating a scoring chance, and a lot of it has you know a lot of people way further back make sure things stay intact yeah so like maybe them trying to find it here yeah there's a reddit post that seems like they might have done something but i think it's all amateur yeah i don't think it's got an official um like website or anything they put it together yeah well hopefully for fantasy it'd be fantasy. great actually oh yeah Well, hopefully in the next coming years, it's a new stat that comes up and we can all, all be pumped and see see if it's up there with the momentum tracker and the uh, win percentage. <laughs> That's ridiculous. This is way too many numbers in here for me and figures. <laughs> the graph. <laughs> so just real quick, obviously we're looking at something that you guys can't see, <laughs> but we're looking at kind of a comparable thing about wins above replacement between James Ward-Prowse and, and Riyad Mahrez. Um, it's, I think it's saying that they, like, I, it also probably depends on your team, right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, it's your team, it's like your value to your specific team. So, Ward, Ward Prost on Southampton is huge. Yeah. Because, like, he's like their, their talisman in the midfield. He's like their guy. Yeah. Mares is obviously a world class player, but he gets mixed in with another bunch of world class players that kind of can do the similar, yeah, similar thing for him. So, and this one, they're comparing that Ward Prost is more valuable to his team. Um, and Mars is more valuable, like long term, like over long the season term it looks over. Like or something. I don't know. I don't we'll look at this. We'll look at this later. I gotta to look it. at this. We'll get back into yeah. the into the definition for next, next time. Next I episode, gotta analyze that graph and see what it's trying to say. All, all in yeah. all, some we'll uh, get our team on it. Some interesting stats coming to the EPL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we want more though, or do we want, do we want to just be able to watch the game and not have to worry about like win, I think win prob? 
I think that I think that war stat would be cool because you know even if it's not during the game, but it just like tells you because you always see like this player scored this many goals, this player yeah. got this many assists. It, it, it like, can look very cut and dry if you just yeah. look at just the numbers. Yeah. yeah, but like how useful is like Conte in a specific game? Because like people will say, I'll like, tell you right now, it's very. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like you always hear companies say, like, "Oh, he was like excellent that match." And for like the average watcher, like they don't know yeah. the value. But if you can now in the NHL, they can put it into numbers. Um, it, it'd be cool to actually show, like, "Hey, this is how valuable this player was." Even though he didn't like get any assists, any goals, or take any shots, he was this valuable to the team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it, like highlights certain players on what they're doing. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. I would, I would like that. And I said for two verdict fantasy purposes, that'd be sweet because it's like, let's mm-hmm. say you're late in the draft and you need to get a player or something. It's like, look at his war. Yeah. Like, this guy was like yeah. sick for his team. It could be like an unheard of player. Yeah. yeah. It could be a guy that was playing the championship last year that yeah. like his team got promoted. You have no nothing about. I don't know anything about Brentford. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell's Brentford? Right. <laughs> but they could have like three studs who are like actually like world class. Mm-hmm. Ah, not world class. But like yeah. world class players for their team that you would never think of. Yeah. Throw them in your lineup in the Premier League and it's like, Oh, you can get mm-hmm. you eight points in a game or something or whatever. Yeah. No, that'd be sweet. Exactly. That's, uh, right, what else do you want to hit on here, boys? Uh, can we just touch on the blonde for a second here? Oh, Jorginho? Everyone. Like, well, even, everyone. Well, Jorginho has it. What, it's on Mares, um, Concello. Concello, yeah. They all had it. I, is it a and thing? Richarlison. Jaka in the, in the Euros, yeah. full blonde. Richarlison had it too for uh, Everton. I don't know, man. Mendy. Because I remember even I don't remember if it was last year, but I remember several years ago is a thing again, but it died off. I wonder is it you know a kickoff to the season? Maybe they want fashion to style want or to show how whatever it was. They want to show their uh, their presence on the field, I guess, a little bit more or something. I'm so confused. The first one I ever saw was Aguero like ten years ago or something. The first one wasn't it Ramsey on Arsenal? I forget who the first one I saw. I think it was Ramsey like seven years ago. Okay. Maybe even longer than that. I just know Aguero stood out because he had like the brown hair. Yeah. He just went like white on top. Yeah. I'm like, who's this guy? I just. What's he doing? I just laugh every time I see it because I had that in grade eight and it was like the silliest thing ever. I think we all did that at one point. (laughs) Well, everyone had the frosted tips. I I was guilty of that. I had like the full blonde top. Unintentionally, oh my God, you un- did. unintentionally, I wanted yeah, pads, but did. it just turned out just to be all old. blonde. So I was like, "Well, this blonde like, oh, and then like black oh, on the on side. the sides are black." I Wait. do remember that. I now. only had like the front, which was fine, but it looked terrible. Oh my God, guys, that's so, so funny. I remember that. So we had that, and it's just like it looks silly. And then the fact to see it in the EP on how it's like actually a thing just makes me laugh because like, well, they can pull it off though. Like, they look sick. Oh yeah, <laughs> they mean, do. I, well, if I didn't have like long trying to have hockey hair then you know who knows how if i would have had like short maybe a fade then it might have looked okay yeah but no it's just funny to see because it's this is one of those things i don't even i'm not really sure what to make of it no i don't know i, I don't know if it means something in like different cultures or something <laughs> or like i don't know if it's like just um, trying to like i said like you kind of just make more of a presence on the field for yourself i have no idea it's obviously like an ego thing too, right? So like look at me, like look at me, like, yeah. I'm, like, like I'm obviously being the flashiest person out here, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I, don't get I think the rise of tattoos is obviously like a way cooler trend than dyeing your hair blonde, mm-hmm. like infinitely cooler. Because like I remember back in the day, you never saw soccer players with tattoos. Oh. 
Um, then, you know, I think David Beckham was probably the one that started it. And, you know, I think it's really cool. I remember Craig Bellamy was like super tatted. You guys remember oh, yeah. him? He played for he played for City. He played for a lot of teams. Oh, I remember. The little Jacks guy. Yeah, he kind yeah. of a Shakiri before Shakiri. Oh, yeah. But he was like covered. I remember him. He was on Liverpool too. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing him like in the probably mid to late two thousands. Yeah. And like and then like maybe early twenty tens. Yeah. And I was just like, who the hell is this guy? He's got like sick. He looks like a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's crazy. Um, but yeah, he he was completely tatted up. Yeah. And now it's just like the norm. Yeah. And you know, I think it's like, you know, I I like tattoos. I mean, if I was a soccer player, I'd definitely have some. Um but what's stopping you now? Uh, I don't know. I think I I feel like I'm the type of person where like I I honestly I would I I want a tattoo. I would get tattoos. The issue is I I know I would get it. And I would either get bored of it or I would want more. And it's like, I don't know where I would stop. You wouldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I feel like I, it's just a thing that's better left to not like open the door on <laughs> at this point. Because uh, that's a very I, conscious decision. Yeah. But like... Yeah. I'm probably going to do henna tattoos. That's cool. Just so I can, you know, they'll fade after a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, start with that and see if you like it kind of thing. Well, I'm never going to get real tattoos. No. Um, but I can just get henna tattoos and then have them for summer and then they'll go away and then if i want them again i'll get them again you know or just get them once as a real time but then you that's all thing then the effect's gonna wear off you know it's like anything well then sato says you just get more then you get more and then you're right like i there's there's so many i like there's so many i see where it's like that would be cool to have and it's just like yeah and i feel like there is i think one of the also the bigger issues for me is that there's a lot of situations where I would I would like it like eighty percent of the time or like ninety percent of the time, and maybe there's a ten percent of the times where it's like I really wish I didn't have this tattoo right now, mm. even if it's for like a silly reason where it's like oh like it doesn't look good with like my my shoes or like or <laughs> <that's anything. laughs> like even shoes. something silly where it's like <laughs> you know it's like I don't want to just be in a position where it's like I wish I didn't have it or even for like a serious reason where it's like if um you know because it's weird like I don't know if I'd want like my nephew to see like a certain tattoo and whatnot right because like i don't want to influence their decision to get it if like maybe their parents don't want to get don't Mm. want them to get one um and knowing that like if i were to get one they might be more inclined to get one like same with like uh a piercing or or something um where it's like i don't if if it's touchy for someone i don't want to influence their kids to get it if they're more inclined to get it if i get it very mature of you to say that. <laughs> very mature right. thought process. So, uh, I got mine just because I love them, and I, I wanted. I've always wanted a couple, so I got yeah. mine. But yeah, I'm the same boat. I don't want to stop, but it's just with COVID being a thing, I kind of had to stop. It's yeah. not forcing. Or to else stop. I'd probably have like a full sleeve by now. Yeah, if that See, wasn't a case. Like even you saying get a full sleeve, it's like makes me a little bit jealous because like a part oh. of me really wants a sleeve. Get a leg sleeve. What's like a leg on your leg, on your like calf? No, like on your, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like that. I would rather. I don't. I don't even know if I would get tattoos in my legs. No. Yeah, for sure. I've seen more people have them, like just like being around. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen a lot of people have like actually leg tattoos, like on the back of the calf, because it's a good like canvas. It's a good spot. It's yeah. a big service area. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's, just, yeah. Like, it shows, I mean, it makes it shows, sense why you get it, it there, but, well. You know. But yeah, I would love. Just yeah. chest a little bit going up to the neck on the chest and the full sleeve. 
only on the left side. Like The Rock. Just like a yeah. big, like, tribal. Yeah. Right across the chest. <laughs> yes, The Rock. The rock. <laughs> <laughs> <Come down. laughs> Slightly John. far away from the, That is the only that thing is missing from Joe's, uh, Joe's flocking at a quarantine thing, just asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe's gonna like hit the clubs after and just be like completely tatted up. Like, who's this guy? What <laughs> yeah, happened to you? I feel like Bernadeschi on on Italy. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't like. I don't like his tattoos. No. No. Well, they are like very like very dark. If I, if I would get them, I would go with Beckham style. Yeah. Um. You know, very. You know, it looks like almost stencil style. I wouldn't go where it's like it's just it's very, very black covering your whole yeah, arm. Like, there's a lot of black on his. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it, that that looks pretty sick. Not gonna lie. <laughs> He's completely oh, that's his back there. Yeah, he's got. Uh... I mean, that looks pretty sick. I don't think that's his. No, I, I, I don't. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, there's yeah. Ramos there. Like, yeah, Ramos is pretty tatted up as well. And that's the thing, though. Like, even if you get to the place where you have a full sleeve and it's just like, ah, like, yeah, I don't like it anymore. It's like, what do you do? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I yeah. wish it. It's one of those things where it's one of those things you really don't want to regret having because, like, what do you do? Then you're stuck with this massive sleeve for the rest of your life. And it's like, oh. Yeah, I remember Craig Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, like he had. Yeah, yeah. He, like he's got both now, I think, and he's got like his son on his neck or something, which is a little aggressive. Yeah, I wouldn't go neck tattoo. That's a I little, would go neck. That's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's like one of the first guys I remember seeing like way back. Yeah, I was like, damn, this guy looks sick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I will probably never get one. Never say never, Santa. You're thirty years well, old. Probably never. But, um, I'll never get a real one. That's for sure. You saying that now? Probably. Sending I think in stone. There's a sixty or seventy-five percent chance I'll get a henna tattoo at some point. I would say. Do those come colored, or are they always like that? I really brown? don't know much about I them to be honest. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to get one. I have no idea what's involved in getting one. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to I have no idea. It could be you know to get sleep for a henna tattoo could be like a seven-hour process. I have no oh, idea. Seven-hour non-permanent painful process. Yeah. They have to go do it again in like six weeks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, all right, well, you guys want to wrap this one up? We can go over some uh, predictions real quick. Just what we think is going to happen throughout the rest of the EPL season. Uh, go on the table here. Champion, Joe, who do you got? Going Chelsea. So I like to hear. Well, because he, you know, Tuchel, that's how you pronounce his name. Tuchel. I think just Tuchel. Tuchel. Yeah. Um, Tuchel. I mean, he has Guardiola's number, and I don't really see anyone else being close to those two. Maybe United if they stay consistent, but that's a question mark. Yeah. So I'm going Chelsea. I would say, especially if they get Lukaku. Well, he is. He's official. I, oh, it's official now. Yeah, yeah okay. he's in there. Then he could have played. He technically could have played yesterday. Okay. But he just. I think he just flew in like Friday and like signed all the paperwork. So. Oh, it's he all. He hasn't done. had any training sessions yet. Okay. So their next match, I don't know if they play midweek or they actually do play next weekend. He should be like fit to play. Okay, Chelsea, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm still probably gonna go with City. Um, and I feel like it's because I had this same feeling last year. It's like it's almost the opposite. Where like you know you have a lot of pretty promising teams start well. And it's like oh is this year is this year, and City somehow they always not always start, but they have some of these starts where it's like they just play bad and they lose, and it's like oh is this where City like falls apart? And it's just. I think it's a combination of their bench and just Pep being the coach that he is that when other teams start playing in other competitions, city has the only team where 
they can have the bench they had today where it's basically they're starting 11 on any other day and still get results. So I think they're the only team that for the long haul, they're going to get the results to end up winning. I just really hope for Pep that they win the Champions League because it's killing me not to see him win. <laughs> I do I do want City to win Champions League, not going to lie. <laughs> I just want Pep to win Champions League. I'm trying for forever. I don't know if PSG will actually do it this year, but I do want City to win Champions yeah, League. Yeah, the guys that they signed, they're locked up for at least a couple of years, I think. Yeah, so even it might do... be tough to gel this year to go that far yeah, yeah. in that kind of competition. But... You're bringing a lot of egos, a lot of talent, yeah. all at the same time. Like It's going to be a big transition year for them yeah um man i thought about this for a while and like you're going chelsea <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they, dude, i mean like i feel like the homer of the how of many the, times of did the they show beat city here, last year three times three times yeah 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 i feel like the homer of the show to say that but i mean just based on the progression that i've seen them make under tuchel yeah like obviously seeing lampard go last year was like a pretty tough to see because obviously i thought he was going to be like the next guy to set us over like all the stars aligned when Lampard got announced as the new manager. Yeah, and it just didn't pan out, obviously. And some some impatient, maybe board members and people higher up on the on the uh, in management there, like got rid of him. But when they brought Tuchel in, you could see a drastic change in how they played. Yeah, whether it just mm-hmm. be formations and like the team that he chose day in day out, and capping it off with making <clears throat> sorry, capping off making the FA final. FA Cup final against Leicester and making, well, winning the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really see them going down from that. Yeah. Like with and then with them adding Lukaku to the squad, that's kind of like the missing piece that they were having last year. As, yeah. Like from a striker standpoint, you guys heard me talk a million times about Werner last year and how yeah. he just drove me absolutely wild. And I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. But I just don't think he was. He had a lot of pressure on him, like coming in from yeah. from Leipzig. He was like supposed to be. Like, just, like, mm-hmm. get a 30-goal stress right now. That's yeah. what we expect of you. Yeah. And obviously, that didn't happen. So, yeah, I think bringing Lukaku in is going to take some pressure off his back. Yeah. He might go into more of, like, a winger's role. Yeah. Or, like, they might play three up top and have, like, you know, him as a wing and Havertz or Mount as a wing or something. And, like, Lukaku yeah. just be, like, a centralized striker. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be able to feed off him. Um, they're healthy this year. Conte's still a beast in the middle. Yeah, their defense is unchanged from last year, and I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna falter. Yeah, I mean, I think it, honestly, I think it can come down to like the last couple weeks of this season between them and City. Yeah, and I think it could just be a coin toss at the end of the end of the whole thing who you're gonna pick. So, I mean, I'm gonna go with Chelsea. Yeah, um, bring them back to the glory days of Mourinho and, and Conte <laughs> from a couple years ago. Yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> um, surprise clubs, positive and negative. Who do you think is going to be a surprise club at the top of the? Well, I said I already Tottenham with Nuno because yeah. what Mourinho last year, but he has he's notorious for oh we'll get you a good start and then all the players hate you after a while and things go downhill. Yeah, but yeah. no, I think Tottenham could be surprisingly more consistent than usual. That could be one. Yeah, and I think negative. I think Wolves might struggle without Nuno. Yeah, um, I can see so that happening we'll to, too. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I probably for a negative. Um, I mean, it's probably not a surprise, but I don't have a good feeling about Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've just struggled a lot, and I 
don't think that they have anyone that's really going to be able to like give them any positive results. I think they're just like in a heavy rebuilding stage. I do I do like uh where they're going with uh with coaching. Mm. Um but we'll see. I just I just I feel for them as a club because they're such a big club and it just kind of sucks from their perspective. Yeah. I mean Arteta's in a tough spot cuz he has like the pressure from like a massive massive fan base. Yeah. And they still see themselves as like a top four club when they're not, and that's what and that's the sucks. issue with Arsenal yeah. for such a long time. Yeah, I mean it's it's again like I'm obviously a Chelsea fan, so like Arsenal can stick it, but it is it is sad to see them not be there at the top of the the table week in week out. Yeah, it's like in comparison to like basketball, it's like the the New York Knicks or like the Toronto Maple Leafs make the league better when they're playing well. Yeah. So yeah. Arsenal makes the league better when they're playing good and when they're yeah. there. And we haven't seen them there in a long time. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that they're going to be like the negative team this year because I think, like what Joe said earlier, I think they're going to be kind of still around like where they finished last year. Yeah. Like I could see them going like sixth or seventh, maybe getting a couple more spots up the table. But I don't see them going Europa League this year. No. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be a slight positive for them <laughs> in comparison yeah. to last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. My surprise club, though, would probably be Tottenham. Even like if I know we talk about Harry Kane being the X factor, if he stays or doesn't stay, but hopefully maybe Son can like take the next leap forward and be like their guy because he's he's amazing. Yeah, like he, like anybody would lo- love to have him on on their team. Yeah, um, like I can see Tottenham challenging for the top four spot. Yeah, maybe getting like last spot in the Champions League there. Yeah, um, and plus once they sell Kane. They'll have they, money. They'll have money for that. But the Tottenham doesn't do that. They don't splash. I mean, they will they be. Don't I, splash. They will be able to buy at least like one good player in the January transfer window. Yeah, you know what I mean. Depending on how they're doing, I guess like they have to look at that situation too. Like if they're if they do sell Kane and they're like thirteenth, they shouldn't be buying anybody. Like yeah, like they should be buying a, a huge player if they're like fifth. Or yeah. Something. Like if they drop dramatic, like dramatic, dramatic. Oh my god, dramatically. <laughs> Dramatically, dramatically. If they drop a lot because they do sell Kane and they're not performing well, then they have to like take a step back and say, okay, maybe Nuno could help build the team a little bit more, mm-hmm. try and finish in a decent spot. But I don't think they should be making any big expenditures in January if they're not in position to do so. Yeah. yeah. So I think that could just hurt the team. Yeah. That's a good point. More than anything. Yeah. Um, top goal scorer. Joseph? Well, I said if Kane goes to City, he'll probably be top goal scorer. Um, but if he goes somewhere else, then it'll probably be Lukaku at Chelsea. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with Joe. I mean, the fact uh, that City spends so much time in an opponent's final third and Kane is just Kane is Kane. I think he's going to have a lot more scoring chances than he even had at Tottenham. So as long as he can still finish, I think he's going to finish in the top for sure. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Kane as well, regardless of where he goes. Yeah. If he stays at Spurs and he gets a lot of playing time or if he even goes to City, yeah. I think he's just like a generational talent that we haven't seen from the English players that often. Mm-hmm. Like how many times do we see like an English striker taking off? Like obviously Rooney is probably the last one. Yeah. But I mean... Kane can just contribute in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think like Lukaku is going to have like a transition period coming from Inter to the EPL because he has spent so much time yeah. here. But I think he still might take a little bit to get his feet wet with the squad. Yeah. When Kane is just, you can slot him into any position that he can, like, yeah. he can play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I do. I do. I honestly do hope that Kane goes to City. I don't because I don't want to see super teams get formed. Like, that team's ridiculous already. Oh, they don't need what, Harry Kane. I, I love the. Uh, there's a part of me that loves the domination. I think it's why I like uh, Lewis Hamilton mm. a lot. Um, just because it's, I think it's really hard to have a team with all that talent and perform well and to just keep that. No, because like you said, you have a lot of like a lot of big talent and the fact that they play as a team so well gives more props to Pep. And the fact that you have all these players that stay on the team every season, even though they're not, you know, playing 90 minutes every single game, you have... Look at look at City's bench today, mm-hmm. and like all those, you have all those players that would be a starting eleven any other De Bruyne, game, right? Uh, Jesus. So I I just love the buy in from a bunch of like top players all playing for the team and like understanding that they're not playing every every game, whether it's Champions League and EPL, like it's a rotation thing, and I think it just it shows like a lot of I guess uh, cohesiveness and just like commitment to the club. And know what knowing what they're about to be like. All right, we're a team, and we're in like a rotation to win as many trophies as possible. So like, we're not playing every single game, and it kind of like puts our egos aside and puts the team first. So you're what I like. So you're a huge fan of ancient Rome, then? Of ancient Rome, yeah, <laughs> and just like total domination. <laughs> well, no, but they were like you taking want, over. Countries. You want European domination <laughs> that at, at any cost? Different situation. No. Do what you have to do. Get every possible <laughs> best situation. And just go destroy all of Europe. Yeah, but that's, that's the like, well. Mentality. We always talk, we don't understand how City, you know, loses some games. You know, yeah. Well, which obviously anyone could win at any time, but I'm surprised they're not more consistent than they are. Even yeah. so, in the, in the what? How many games did they lose last year? Not many. Was it, but I think it was like four, four or five. Four, yeah. yeah. Or, and they it's tied like maybe under five. And I think they tied how many six. Yeah, something like that. I don't, exactly. Or whatever. I yeah. can't remember what it was. Well, I was I was thinking about it today where it's like, as good as City are, they still need De Bruyne. Yeah, he, which is like, interesting. Oh, yeah. They were, they were uh, like, after, I guess, 20-minute mark when Tottenham started selling into, settling into the game, like, they needed someone. De Bruyne comes on, they start creating all these chances, right? So it is hard for me to understand as well why they're so good and yet you still like there's still a player like De Bruyne that is you know like it feels like you need him on the field to create chances like how how are they not creating chances all the time but you know obviously it's you know easier said than done when you're playing against a top team yeah well the player the the key thing that they're missing is exactly what they're trying to find in Harry Kane it's just a pure striker yeah which I mean are hard to come by like world-class strikers for world-class teams Mm-hmm. Because those teams that are already are world class already have their established striker. Yeah. So if they do sign Kane up, <clears throat> sorry, if they do sign Kane up, sorry, not sign Kane, but if they do transfer for Kane or purchase Kane, yeah, they're gonna really, um, you know, solidify themselves as the mm-hmm. the top. Goal. Look at their top goal scorer last year, Gundogan, thirteen goals. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting. 
that's for maybe so that's why i do they score by ironically, they score by committee yeah. yeah which is so i think maybe that's what they're missing yeah. you know good because aguero wasn't on form obviously mm. um, he was injured, injured. And had covid and everything too yeah um so they do and i just checked five five losses six draws five and six. whatever it is which is like nuts to say that we're complaining about them not being like a complete team because they're missing one thing and they only lost five times last year. Yeah. And yeah. They, but that's they just, they just a team you, like them should have a very, they should have an Aguero level, like a 2017 or whatever it is, Aguero level striker yeah. on their team to win all the trophies. They do need that. Um, like they have it, Jesus, who's obviously really good, um, but you can't win at Champions League, the EPL, the FA Cup, and all these competitions with one good striker. No, no. I mean, you go down the list here for goal scores for last season, and they got, um, I think five or six players in the top in the top thirty. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Gundogan's their their highest goal scorer with only thirteen. And then the next yeah. they have is Sterling with ten. But then they have like three other players that have nine, nine, nine. So like they yeah. do score in bunches, and they do score and contribute yeah. in other ways. Yeah. But I mean, like, oops, like these guys right here, like Foden, Gabriel Jesus got nine. Mara's got nine, like I said, Sterling ten. These guys down here, like Foden and Jesus had breakout. Well, Foden had a breakout season. Yeah. For sure. Like he was huge. And Mara is he's kind of in and out of the squad. People were saying he could have been like the player of the year last year or potential this year to be player of the year. Yeah. Which like I don't totally agree with that. But I'm just saying his contribution and Foden's contribution, you can list that as like an eighteen goal score, which is like Bruno Fernandez, who had just yeah. a fairy tale debut season for United last year. Yeah. So I'm saying like it can happen. Like you can obviously contribute in other ways, because if Tottenham didn't have Kane or Son, they're in the same boat where they're just not going to score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they had a bit of resurgence last year, coming in there too and getting 11. But after that, you got to go way down the list to find their fourth highest goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going down. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> in the, down. I'm in the pit. Mora. Yeah. Lucas Mora had three. So, I mean, yeah, it just goes to show like what a world class striker can do for your squad. Yeah. And if Kane does go to City, I think it's going to be just the apocalypse when it comes to the EPL for the next four seasons. Well, that's what they need. Because it's like they just can't. Like they have no flaw. Yeah, they yeah. have no flaw on their team. And yeah, because right now that position is a flaw for them. Yeah, and there was a lot of backlash against Mendy uh, today. Um, well, I mean, they but they, even with Mendy too, they have other players that can play there. Yeah, I mean Zinchenko. I mean he's obviously really solid. Was he there today? Is he? Is he yeah, he came out as a sub. Oh, did he? For yeah. See, I mean, I feel like he starts more than he doesn't, though. Zinchenko. Which is interesting because he's actually really good, which surprised me. Well, he's he pretty a, consistent. Like, he's fairly consistent. You I can, would say. Ukraine had a decent run in the Euro. Maybe they give him a break. Yeah. Like, not everybody true. played that came back, right, from the Euro yeah, still. Yeah. We saw some players that took uh, this week off for whatever reason, whether that be fitness or health mm-hmm. or you know, they, they didn't get full training because it only finished like four weeks ago yeah. or maybe five. So you have some celebration time with your friends and family, go back to your respective country, and then before you know it, you're back yeah. at your training ground, right? So maybe some guys just put on a couple extra pounds or <laughs> had a few more drinks than they probably planned on having. Yeah. And uh, they weren't match fit yet, but I'm sure next next week will be a good test. I mean, the week one, everyone's on pins and needles. Everyone's yeah. adrenaline is going through the roof. So that's why you have results like a 5-1 victory over – leads for united yeah. which i don't think justifies how how good united might be or how bad leads might be yeah. you know that game could have been a lot tighter 
Yeah. Um, if you were to look at that next matchup in the midseason. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was the first week with like full fans back in the stadium. Yeah. For every uh, every club out there, so that was obviously huge and momentum boosting. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you know, give it a couple weeks, let everyone settle into the positions. We'll start to see the table, um, shuffle a little bit, mm-hmm. and then by you know by the first international break, whenever that is, probably mid September or October. Yeah, we'll really see like where the table is going to pan out and where, um, where the pretenders are and where the the namesays are going to stay there for the rest of the season are. Yeah, I mean, what city didn't look too great until December of last season, right? And mm-hmm. then they just then they just skyrocketed. They just yeah. won like as honestly a tale of two seasons last year. Obviously, COVID was huge for the first half yeah. and the second half, yeah. but it was like Liverpool seemed to have it again. And then as soon as they got hit with injuries and like Van Dyke went down and then Gomez went down and they had no defenders left on the team. Yeah. Like they had Henderson playing defense almost the entire season. Yeah. The second half of the season. Yeah. And as soon as they hit that decline, City just took their opportunity and just skyrocketed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why. That's why I think City is because, you know, City have uh, Laporte, Diaz, Stones, and okay and they also have fernandino who plays center back so if one of them if one of their if like diaz or stones were to get injured it would be a hit but they have still solid players that they can put back there which i think will sustain them to still get results it won't be like liverpool all right someone gets hurt and you just like skydive downward yeah yeah they had a huge decline yeah they are very Van Dyke is very key. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very key for that team. Um, you know, like you said, if um, Diaz got like he's obviously what he got player of the season last year for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if he gets injured, you know, you can play Laporte and Stones and be mm. you know pretty good. Van yeah, Dyke Stones gets injured, you're it's like a gaping hole that's yeah. crazy hard to fill. Them signing Nathan Ake was such a weird signing for them. I think I, I told this he to played Joe. today. He played today. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I I would never have thought City would sign Ake. It's like, didn't didn't seem like a player they would sign or like why they wanted to sign him. I mean, he was solid for Bournemouth. I just, it was weird. It's like, I mean, he's I young, right? Yeah, he's under 25. Interesting. Well, because I know Diaz, what, 23? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously you know getting players for the future i would assume i was 26 yeah. i was 26 interesting players around 25 yeah it's just it didn't strike me as someone they were looking to sign do you know where nathan ake was before bournemouth i think chelsea wasn't he yes sir <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was at chelsea he's gonna turn to city's next star and this is gonna be another player chelsea had uh no i know that's my biggest gripe about chelsea yeah, not, knowing when to, me. not knowing when to buying sign. Lukaku for 100 million plus someone they gotta have uh, a team somewhere floating around the internet of like all the players Chelsea had I don't want to see that I don't want to see that you list. have De Bruyne you have Salah Lukaku uh, remember I told you I can mute your mic on this yeah, <laughs> yeah let's pull up that team right now <laughs> that'll be another another episode we'll do that oh. alright that was probably what a good hour Hour and a half almost? Hour and 20 minutes? Yeah, I think so. Just, just around there. All right, so... uh footy match. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll catch it all later on. Uh, all right, if we're good, we're going to wrap it up here on the first episode of Footy Fan Podcast. 
Thanks guys for joining us. And always like and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at FootyFanPodcast. That's Footy, P-H-A-N, Podcast. As always, enjoy the beautiful game. And we'll catch up after all next week's action.